Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone. We're glad you're here. Yeah, we're so glad to be here with you guys every single week. And before we jump in, we want to tell you about a free video course you can download called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This is a course that covers some of the basic foundational steps of rebuilding trust and healing from broken trust. If you're the person who's been betrayed or if you've crossed lines and hurt your partner, there's great information and support in this uh, video series. And if you'll go down to the show notes and click on the link, we'll send it to you right away. It's been really helpful to a lot of people. Mm. Well, let's dive into today's topic, Jody. Okay. Yeah. Today, we're going to have a, a discussion about healthy emotional regulation, primarily because when, well, unhealthy is our natural tendency. And a lot of people struggle with healthy emotional regulation. Oh, yeah. But it's an issue because it undermines connection. It undermines repair in relationships. It can keep us from sorting through difficult things and it can kind of hold us hostage if we can't move past it. But it's kind of a, it's like ethereal almost. Mm -hmm. Like how, what's that supposed to look like? Right. So we just wanted to talk more about it. What do you yeah. Think? I think that a lot of the times people think that in order to work out their problems, they need to get rid of all the emotion. Right. And that causes more problems because you can't, doesn't work that way. No, I think, it, I think a lot of people think like, well, let's, let's just like strip out the emotion. Let's just do this in a way that's super logical and measured and we will get through it a lot better. Mm. And I find that to be the opposite. I think our emotions, I mean, when we talk about emotional regulation, it's about helping them, using our emotions to help us work mm -hmm. through something instead of just trying to act like logic will solve everything because mm -hmm. it doesn't. Now, I'm assuming that that's primarily men that want to go the logic route. Is that a thing? Stereotypically, probably yes. I've certainly seen it go both ways. So is that just not a thing? Well, or I mean, like a lot of things, I think the, there is a, the majority. Yeah, there is a, probably a trend. I think men from a young age, and this could be a whole nother podcast, and there's been, you know, who knows how many books written on this. But as men, we are socialized to eliminate emotion. Sure. In fact, yeah. I think it was my daughter. I think our daughter. She's <laughs> Your our daughter. I know. <laughs> <laughs> our daughter, the other night we were watching, I think the World Series. Oh. And when the Rangers won, spoiler alert. No, <laughs> it's been long gone. But when they won, all of a sudden, all these men were like hugging each other. Yeah. And they're they're just like crying, holding each other. Yeah. And I think I think Miri, our daughter, was like, Oh, this is the one time men get to be emotional. She said that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, good observation. Like this is one place where men feel a lot of permission to cry and to yeah. express lots uh -huh. of emotion and be really exuberant. It's encouraged. And just, uh huh. Because mm -hmm. they've just won the World Series. I mean, you have to you have to win the World Series 
You have to, to have win. permission. Right. You can't even make it and lose. Right. And have permission. Yeah. And so. Yeah, you're right. Culturally, you know, Western culture, I'll just speak for, you know, growing up as an American man. And I grew up with a, with a father who was pretty emotional. Yeah. You know, my dad cries easily and, mm-hmm. you know, he's not super big on the, the words, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I saw emotion growing up. But even then, I still have to battle back a lot of messages around, mm-hmm. say, you know, being too emotional mm-hmm. or using, keeping emotion in the room. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm alone. I think most men feel this way. Yeah. 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 So when something blows up in the marriage, then the men are likely to want to just tamp it down and let's be logical and let's not let emotions muddy this process. And the women are probably spinning out of control with the emotions. That's a pretty big generalization or pretty safe generalization. It's a big one, but it's, yeah. I think it's pretty, I mean, based on what I've seen in my office over the years, working with you know heterosexual couples, yes. Okay. That's a pretty standard presentation. Okay. And there have been plenty of exceptions. And any of you listening, absolutely. A lot of times I'll have guys come in, but they'll say this. They'll say this to me. They'll be like, I'm like the woman in the relationship. They'll say that to me because they know the stereotype. They know that that they are an outlier because their wife is very logical, Mm -hmm. shut down, Mm -hmm. doesn't want to express anything. And they're the one pulling. So it's one or the other often. Yeah. But most often the dynamic that you just outlined. Yeah. But yeah, we can just talk about it like. Yeah. I think it's safe to talk about it that way. Like it's. Just mm-hmm. something that any partner might have to deal with. Yeah. Well, I think the basis is that based on what most of us were raised with, there were not, there have not been a lot of healthy models for emotional regulation. There hasn't been just the structure of the state of events in the world hasn't even made it. We haven't had a span of time long enough for things to be I don't know, just not not in turmoil in enough other areas that emotional regulation is rising to the top and that we're not just still in basic survival. Oh yeah. About a lot of things. So it's just yeah. kind of a it's 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 just a new a new something that a lot of couples are facing and mm-hmm. needing to deal with and learn. Yeah, I agree. I think that before a lot of what needed to be worked out was just like let go. Sure. You know, if there were things to talk about, whatever, a lot of, I think a lot of people just decided like, that's not worth it. Or mm-hmm. let's just jump into our predefined roles mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah, based on were. some sort of like, yeah, just traditions or whatever. It's just like, well. Yeah. Other structures that held things in place. And yeah. that was good enough for them. Yeah. With everything sort of in, in a lot of ways being deconstructed or a mm-hmm. lot of people, a lot of our familiar institutions, religious, social, mm-hmm. family, you know, people are oftentimes you know, feeling like they're kind of on this new untamed frontier that, you know, of, yeah. of both people sort of, like you said, feeling dysregulated. Not, yeah. So it's asking a lot of couples, I think that yeah, historically it, is. it hasn't. It is. It's And it's like learning a new language. Mm-hmm. So it's not normal for a lot of people. So let's just chat for a minute about what emotional dysregulation looks like. Because before I started digging into it, I wouldn't have been able to say really clearly. So you want, you want my take on well, it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just I mean, start. I, when I think of it, I think, of, I think of the classic sort of window of tolerance where you've got sort of three levels and the middle areas where you are regulated, meaning that, you know, you're not, you're not at the high level, which is you're so flooded with overactive fight or flight. Like you're just, you're so active that you're 
more fight, really, just hyper arousal, hyper yeah. like you're just so that looks like like mm-hmm. screaming, yelling, threatening, aggression, violence, intimidating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that's it's, the fight or the flight is right. like avoiding, stonewalling, which is sort of like, the bottom level. Oh, Hy- that's the bottom level. Hypo okay. hypo arousal. Yeah. Okay. So hyper arousal is like a, too much arousal. I'll be aggressive. Hypo is like where you're trying to turn the volume down and you're just mm-hmm. shutting down, numbing, avoiding. Walking out. Dissociating. Yeah. Hanging a, up, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You're just trying to calm yourself down. Like that's the dysregulation is trying to get away Make from. Make it go away. And the healthy window of tolerance, that middle area is really where you can handle some intensity and you also can regulate it down. So the two areas really working together. You're allowing emotions, you're allowing intensity, but you're also keeping it in check so right. that you can actually use it to your advantage. Well, we're, we're going to talk more about like healthy regulation. Yep. But I just wanted to just get a good yeah. idea of what we mean when we say dysregulation. Yeah. Like what that looks like is when our emotions are not in control because there is a common belief that if you are not expressing emotion, that that's healthier and that that equates to healthy regulation. And that's, that's not the case. Oh yeah. Yeah. You see this, I mean, like in, in courtrooms, you know, a lot of the times it's just like, and I get for a a legal setting, there has to be order and there has to be, but even in that setting, you know, you'll have outbursts of emotion or all kinds of things like that. Mm -hmm. And so the, the goal of course is to keep it checked so we can get stuff done. So too much, too much of it is the dysregulation is really makes it impossible to consider facts and fairness and reality and things like that. Like it's just, it just disables the process. Right. Too much of like keeping it down. Both. Yeah. The down and the up, they both make it impossible to get anything done. Right. But so much of what a lot of us have experienced in our formative years was that kind of stuff. So it just seems normal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it certainly wasn't encouraged or valued. You know, we're coming out of that, especially for, you know, the children to be seen but not heard. Yeah. And children are emotional. Like we're, yeah. you know, when we're little, we lead with that. Mm-hmm. That's how we make sense of the world. Mm-hmm. Through big feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for starters, when we're talking about healthy emotional regulation, we begin with being able to identify a feeling without judgment. Mm-hmm. But identifying just by itself is kind of a chore because sometimes we experience something physiologically and we don't really even know what it is because maybe it was unsafe to recognize that or express it at another time. So for a lot of people, they've been so deconditioned in those areas, they don't even know. So there's just a physiological arousal and then attempts to ignore it or bypass it or anything, but let it be. Yeah. So learning to identify what emotion you might be feeling. And the dysregulation often comes up in times of intensity. So those are the emotions that are more like anger Mm -hmm. and sadness. Fear. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a surprise to a lot of people. I mean, when I was running workshops years ago, we would like the first night we would have people check in emotionally. Oh, yeah. And we just had them identify what emotion they were feeling in that moment. Sure. We didn't really care about what they felt earlier in the day or, but just right there, like a snapshot of what they were feeling. And to help them, I would print out, you've seen those like happy, all those different faces. Yeah. Like 50 different emotions. And, 
Or like emojis, right? Like it's yeah, basically yeah. what it was. Yeah. We didn't call them that back then. <laughs> you were ahead um, of your time. Oh, I'm sure we were. <laughs> but we'd have people, I said, just, you know, just put a dot or circle whatever ones. And people were like, can we do more than one? Right? Like it, this was new to a lot of folks. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, there's so many. Like, or especially for mm-hmm. a lot of the men, again, going back to our, maybe our generalization, a lot of men would would feel like, wow. So like I was only kind of given permission for two or three of these ever yeah. Like I had to draw my, I had to draw a portrait of life with two crayons, you know? Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Black and white, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's all these colors. And so it's really new for people to identify their emotion, mm-hmm. like to know that there's more than just I matter, I'm happy. Yeah. Which is really overwhelming. And at the same time, really can be liberating, mm-hmm. but very unfamiliar. Yeah. Very unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. So to be able to identify what you're feeling without judgment is a big deal. Yeah, that's true. Because some of you listeners may have been reinforced to even not express too much happiness, that that's something that, you know, maybe you were conditioned to not make somebody else feel bad because you were too happy or it, you know, would often trigger some kind of chaotic response in somebody else. And so even a very simple emotion like happiness can be troubling. Mm-hmm. So to identify, be able to identify an emotion without judgment just gives yourself permission to have the experience you're already having. Nothing changes, just the way you talk to yourself about what's going on in you. I love that phrase, like to identify the emotion you're already having. Yeah. I think so many attempts, it's just like, stop feeling what I'm feeling, or I'm trying to get out of this emotion, or I'm judging it like I shouldn't be feeling this. Yeah. And the power of just identifying it and reflecting what's real in that moment mm-hmm. is regulating. It's regulating, yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there really is a lot of power in being mm-hmm. able to name something. Okay, so that's that's an important step that has a lot to contribute to healthy emotional regulation. So next, you want to be able to recognize and practice believing that that emotion belongs to you. And it is not a statement of fact for anybody else but you. It's not an identification of what's really happening for any other situation that includes another person. It just tells you where you're at. And that's really important because oftentimes when we feel something big, we can make assumptions that this should be the case for everybody. But that does not contribute to healthy emotional regulation. It can hijack because, I mean, we're really overstepping. We're, we're contributing to emotional dysregulation in other people if we're kind of pushing our feelings off onto them. Our feelings make a whole lot of sense to us, but we're having our experience and we're, so it makes sense to us. We just need to hold on to that, that it's ours. Do you have an example of that? Well, Sure. How can you not be angry about this? Ah, yeah. Or I'm sharing all my happy feelings. How come you're not like jumping up and down and freaking out with me? How are you not so happy with me because I'm so happy? Instead of just owning that I'm really angry about this or I'm really happy about this. Yeah. And letting the other person- putting expectations onto Mm -hmm. somebody else about validating our emotions with their own response that mirrors ours. And that person might have a genuine reflection of your emotion that that might happen, that might not. But when you 
step outside of your own experience and expect it from someone else. You dysregulate and somebody else does too, potentially. Uh Yeah. 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 That's one I just know for me personally, that one is one that I've had to work on over the years because I think it was hard for me just to own and be comfortable with owning what I was feeling Mm -hmm. and just letting that be without judgment. And so then I would, you know, I think if I knew that other people felt the same way I did, I somehow I could feel like it was okay to feel that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a, that feels very familiar to me. I know that's been a big part of my journey, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you're right. We do put that on other people a lot of the times as a way to seek a way, maybe a way to co-regulate or to feel like we're not alone in our emotions or. Yeah. It might be too painful to be uh alone. Especially if you have been conditioned to not feel them, experience them, name them. So imagine if somebody were to say, man, I am really angry about this and I really want all of you to feel angry, but I recognize that that's not (laughs) my job. Now we're talking. (laughs) That's some healthy healthy emotional awareness right there. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty good. (laughs) Okay. So- Identify without judgment and recognize that your emotions are yours and they give you information for yourself and for your personal experience. And that's all very important and helpful. And then next, you want to just be able to feel them. I mean, and truthfully, sometimes you don't want to have to feel true, them. True, true. I understand that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But it is important to have things in place in your life that support you in feeling the feelings that are already coming up. So if it's a tough feeling, things like breathing and and meditation, exercise, those can all participating in a in a non-cognitive activity can sometimes, you know, get you out of your head and just help you kind of work through a strong emotion. Anyway, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I just as I'm thinking about that, as I reflect on my own journey and then the the journeys of the people that I've sat across from in my practice, feeling something uncomfortable is a really strange, like paradox. There's a tendency, I think, just that if something hurts, we should get away from it. That's a very yeah. natural instinct as yes. humans. Yeah, it's protective. And so a, a lot of, of people time. will sort of look at me when we, we start talking about like sitting in it, not reacting to it. But for many people for the first time, as, as we practice that like in a session or as they practice it at home, it's like for the first time, they recognize that the emotion actually moves differently and maybe even better than when they try and get away from it. Mm-hmm. It's Again, it's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. It's like, as I allow myself to feel it, I'm and embracing it, all of a sudden it just starts to change. And if I notice it, it's subtle, but it starts to take on a different shape. Maybe it goes away, maybe it becomes a little stronger, but for the most part, it's not just going to be the same. It's just not going to stay the same. No, you're right. Just there noticing is movement it. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've learned to trust that in my own body, my own emotions is just to trust the movement. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people I think have asked me like, what's the point of this? Like, where is that supposed to go? What, but I think that's a very normal question. Like, what do we do with this? What action should happen with this? Which is really code for how do I get rid of this? Mm, well, or I'm afraid... That like, if I give this space, that's all there will ever be. That's right. Yeah. So pay attention to the movement of it because it will yeah. move as you just yeah. notice it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So very closely related to feeling it is cultivating the ability to express it appropriately. And this is, I think this is really the big one. 
where a lot of us get into trouble. This is the one I resonate with the most. Just flopping back and forth between expressing too much in inappropriate ways or not Mm -hmm. expressing and how they both can get us into trouble. So, of course, inappropriate expression, we kind of referenced this already, is stuff like screaming and yelling and intimidating, just lots of aggressive types of behavior even, you know, flaunting blaming kind of stuff, blaming. Okay, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not appropriate. And it's equally not appropriate to stuff it is non-expression. Right. And that's not helpful. But also to, you know, all the avoidance types of things, the walking out, the hanging up the phone. Stonewalling the, as John yeah. Gottman described it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just in refusing to engage. But appropriate expressions can be something like you might feel the desire and even the need to hang up the phone, but you just articulate, this is, I've reached a limit and I can't keep having this conversation right now, so I'm going to hang up. Mm -hmm. So something very simple like that, being able to articulate what you need around what you're feeling can be very helpful. Yeah. And it's really very small, but sometimes we, the emotions are getting the best of us because we're not handling them in healthy ways. And so that's the kind of stuff that comes up, just the action without appropriate behavior with it, you know, or seeing that you're getting angry about something and just removing yourself from a situation before you explode. Yeah. Stopping yourself from walking out without just clarifying, I need some air, I'll come back to this. It reminds me of in the book Between Parent and Child, Haim Gannat talks about yeah. how to model this for children. And I remember the first time reading this example, I'm going to give you that it surprised me because I certainly didn't see this growing up. And it was this idea that he taught that we're strict with behavior, mm-hmm. but we're permissive with emotions. Yeah. Meaning that, you know, we hold ourselves to a high standard of behavior. We're not going to hurt people. Right. But we also, with whether we you know yell, scream, whatever, mm-hmm. but we, we get to feel what we feel. And so the example he used that really caught me off guard was a mother who was upset at her child for something. I don't remember what he, the incident was, but she said something like, I really feel like I want to like, you know, tip this thing over. I really want to, like, it was this something that how she- mad I am. I'm so mad. I want to like, yeah, like knock this thing over. And she didn't do it. But she just was able to express like how strong this emotion was and how big it felt inside of her and how serious this was. And I thought, is that like a threat? And like, no, she didn't threaten to do it. No. She just expressed how strong it was. And I thought that was a really interesting example and -hmm. something totally different of being able to say, I'm regulated here. I'm not going to do anything that's going to scare you or hurt you or injure you. But I have a lot of big things going on inside of me right now. And I Mm -hmm. want you to see that. I need to be able to express that. Yeah. Just articulating Mm -hmm. can go so far. Yeah. Well, I I mentioned to you earlier how powerful that was to me the other night. Jeff and I were out with friends and the conversation had turned to this crazy incident that we had had early in our marriage and the circumstances were really maddening and difficult. And as I was sharing the details, this friend of ours just kept saying, oh, I'm feeling a lot of anger come up in me about that. Yeah. And after that, I was shocked at how 
healing that was for me to see somebody just express that kind of response. And she didn't do anything that was out of control. But in the story that I was telling, my response was to tamp down my feelings. Yeah, that's right. So it was so simple. She just articulated what she was going through. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a healthy way to handle that. Yeah, she did exactly what you're talking about here, which is that she owned the emotion, didn't put it on anybody else, Mm -hmm. and just allowed herself to feel it and said it out loud. And it really did like support and validate our experience that we had had with this other person early in our marriage Mm -hmm. and how upsetting that was to us. And she just was right there with us. And it was really nice. Yeah. It was powerful. Nobody got hurt. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Do you think we've said enough about healthy expression? I think that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think those are some great steps to work on. Yeah, they are. That's just a good foundation for beginning to practice healthy emotional regulation. Yeah. So let's review real quick. Okay. The three things that you can work on. Okay. Four technically. Okay. First of all, just identify the feeling without judgment. Recognize that it belongs to you, that it's yours and not somebody else's. Feel it. Allow yourself to feel it and cultivate practices in your life that support that and then express it appropriately. Mm, Yeah. So good little foundation there. Yeah. And very difficult (laughs) to do, (laughs) but baby steps and you'll be surprised how far you can go in the world of, you know, being able to stay regulated. Mm -hmm. And you're in good company with us and all humans. Yes. Yeah. Nobody is born knowing how to do this. We have to learn it. And even people who are very good at it still have times when they struggle. That's right. Mm Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us in this yeah. uh, this discussion on emotional regulation, and hopefully it's been helpful to you. And again, if you want to download that free resource, just click on the link in the show notes and we'll send it to you right away and support you in your journey. All right. So yeah, thanks again for joining us and we look forward to being with you again next time. <laughs>